Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about eggplant. We are. But first I thought maybe we'd address the fact of uh, our new recording situation. Uh, yeah. We've got, we've got a fancy new studio. And by studio, I mean Annie and I are both in our closets. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, when I first moved in here, I, I did intend for this closet to be my office. So oh, ultimately, well, <laughs> it's worked out for me. <laughs> in a way, you're fulfilling, uh, I'm not going to say a dream. Dream is a sharp word. But, uh, but yeah, you're fulfilling a, a desire. Yes, yes. Uh, so An intention. Exactly. Because uh, it, it was my office, and then it became a cosplay closet and a book closet. Um, yeah, I am right next to a window, so if it sounds like a birdhouse, I mean, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing what we can. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I'm uh, I'm not like in my closet. I'm just facing my closet. Uh, so I'm using like my like Edwardian morning gown as sound baffling. There may or may not be cats that come and join us at some point. Uh, you know, we're, we're just we're just trying to keep each other and and everyone safe during this our time of coronavirus. And uh, yeah, 
It's going to be great. It is. And so is this episode <laughs> about eggplants. Yeah. So I, I grew up in a house. My dad hated eggplant. So no eggplant in the house. But since I moved to Atlanta, I've come to love spicy fried eggplant. That's one of my favorite, favorite things. <sighs> Oh, wow. Huh. Um, my my dad, uh, eggplant and Parmesan is definitely one of the dishes that my dad would make like at work, never at home, not going to go through that mess at home, but 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 make it work and and bring home sometimes. And that was delicious. But yeah. Um, oh, I, I love an eggplant. I, I love I love it when it's like like nice and like silky. And, and uh, I think mm-hmm. we just grilled we just grilled some eggplant uh, a couple days ago. Oh, did you? Mm hmm. Nice. There was a lot of eggplant to be had when I was in China. That was a very popular dish. Um, Stewed eggplant. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. But okay. Oh, 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 right. Yes. Yes. We're also also working with each other like on Skype so we can kind of see each other Mm -hmm. via delay. So if we sound like we're working with a slight delay, that's why. (laughs) Yes. There's a reason for everything. But okay, let's get to our question. Eggplants. What is it? Oh, well, uh, eggplant is a kind of spongy, moist, slightly bitter and earthy tasting fruit. Yes, a fruit uh, with tiny seeds and a, and a thin, glossy skin. It's like a, like, like a more solid through tomato that's been victim to a vegetable vampire, uh, which... Just reminds me of Benicula again. But have you read that book yet? People are asking. I, I have not read it. I well, I have some time now, so uh, I'll get on it. <laughs> I'll try to get you a copy. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, eggplant. Yes, yes. Um, it is related to the tomato. Uh, both are members of the genus Solanum. Uh, eggplant is the species Solanum melangina. Uh, potatoes are also in this genus and tobacco. It's in the nightshade family. And gosh, we should do an episode about poisons. Yes, uh, we should. <laughs> I mean, they're edible. Sure. You don't have to convince oh. me, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I am on board. Uh, yeah, I, I I really wanted to do like a poison rabbit hole and, and talk about nightshades a whole lot, but didn't have time today. Subject for another episode. We will absolutely come back to it. Oh, yes. But uh, yeah, yeah, there are a couple other species in Solanum um, that are referred to as eggplants around the world. Um, They're a warm weather, tropical kind of plant in general, um, and they grow on these uh, smallish, soft stemmed shrubs, usually like a meter or three feet tall, broad green leaves that shade uh, these pretty flowers that come in shades of white, purple, and pink, and then develop into fruits with skin in shades of white, yellow, green, red, and purple, like all the way to purple black. Uh, Some Sometimes spotted or striped, and in shapes from globes the size of a pea to a golf ball, or, or tubes or other like oblongs that can be about a foot long or about a third of a meter. Um, the inner flesh remains white, though. And we eat eggplants when they're still immature, uh, still soft, because they go all like stringy when they're fully ripe wouldn't be good. Uh, they're used as a vegetable. Some varieties are eaten raw in some places, but most are cooked, uh, where, whereupon that flesh gets sort of like a silky and extra soft and almost creamy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And eggplant is eaten in all kinds of ways. Stuffed as parmigiana, baba ganoush, baked, sautéed, fried. Uh, stewed, pickled, grilled, uh, moussaka, ratatouille. A movie you still haven't seen. 
I can still virtually have watch not. this. Oh, we should. We should. Uh, okay. And Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, of course. Which is <laughs> on Netflix right now, so... Oh, cool. Okay. All right. Um, I, I mean, hey, I've I, got a box of wine and plenty of time after this. So perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, if you are looking to fry eggplant specifically, it does indeed help to salt it and impress it before you do that because that draws out and then squeezes out moisture from that kind of spongy flesh. Although um, if, if you're preparing it in other ways, that's less necessary. And I'm not totally sure about the whole like salt helping with bitterness thing, but uh, yeah. Yeah. The eggplant goes by a bunch of different names. Aubergine, which is my favorite, uh, guinea squash, bergeal, and melangine. So where does the name eggplant come from? According to Wonderopolis, it has to do with the shape of the eggplant in the 1700s when it was smaller and whitish, yellowish, so egg-like. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that in multiple places. Um, but oddly enough, by the 1890s, like like a century and a half later, purple eggplants were apparently common enough that people had started using the term eggplant to mean, like, dark purple. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. And meanwhile, aubergine comes from the Arabic term, which is where many languages get their words for eggplant. Yes. And now, let us discuss the nutrition Sure, yeah. Uh, eggplant has a whole bunch of fiber and a good smattering of kind of small amounts of vitamins and minerals like vitamin C and potassium. It'll it'll help fill you up, but it definitely will not keep you going unless you pair it with sources of fat and protein. Uh, eggplant dishes can be pretty fatty because all that spongy fiber soaks up oil. Just, you know, watch your portion sizes. N- nothing that has been parmesaned is particularly a health food. Um, the, the, the skins, though, are a good source of a number of compounds that our bodies can use to do good stuff, uh, antioxidants and stuff like that. And anything fibery is good for helping control uh, blood sugar and cholesterol. And the flesh does contain uh, a chlorogenic acid, which can help reduce blood pressure. The leaves of most varieties should not be eaten because they can be toxic, good things not to sure. eat. Uh, yeah. But um, but they are used medicinally in some places. I've read that they have a, a slight narcotic effect. Um, the botanical genus name, Solanum, may in fact refer to the uh, soothing effect of the leaves when used topically. And the whole plant has been, and in some places still is, used medicinally for all kinds of things, which science is looking into. Bodies are weird. More research needs to be done. Numbers-wise, China, India, Turkey, Iran, and Egypt make up about 90% of world eggplant production. Uh, China alone is like 57%. Um, And apparently in India, it's referred to as the king of vegetables. Uh, Perhaps it has like a cap where the stem connects to the fruit that sort of looks like a crown. Um, I can see it, yeah. Yeah, sure, totally, (laughs) totally. Or perhaps just because it's like inexpensive and well-liked. Yeah, maybe both. I Uh, can see that too. In Asia and the Mediterranean, it's considered one of the five most important vegetable crops. And as of 2014, humans were producing some 50 million tons per year with a total value of over $10 billion. Whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. The Guinness record for the heaviest eggplant is a specimen from the UK that in 2018 at the National Giant Vegetables Championships which is a thing, which oh, wow. we need to go to, clearly. Yes. Uh, yes. 
Oh, uh, but but yeah, the the specimen weighed in at um, three point zero six kilos, which is six pounds eleven ounces, Whew. which is heavier than I was as a baby. I would not want to get hit that eggplant, <laughs> or with a baby, neither. No, neither. <laughs> Oh, um, there's also a record on recordsetter.com, which is not a site that I have a lot of familiarity with, but apparently you can just like submit records for whatever and you can challenge records for whatever. There's a record on there for most eggplant passes between two people in 30 seconds, and it is 83 times. Ooh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, right? It reminds me of field day. Did you have field day? Oh, yeah, yeah. When the water balloon tossed and you had to take a step back every time. I was very good at that. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, you probably wouldn't believe this about me, but I am surprisingly good at at throwing related, like tossing related skills. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Maybe we can challenge this record. And uh, in, it's in time. All, we need a record. Oh gosh, we do. Oh, we could. I I bet we could come up with all kinds of creative, weird records. Yeah, I believe in us. I have faith. <laughs> Y'all have any ideas? Write in, um, please. <laughs> also, uh, the World Vegetable Center has seed samples from um, three cultivated and over thirty wild species of eggplant. Overall, upwards of 3,200 samples collected from 90 countries. Uh, So, yeah, there are a bunch of different varieties of eggplant out there uh, in a bunch of different places. That's true. And perhaps because of that, our leading up to that is history. Yes, which we will get to right after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? 
Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. <laughs> I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, eggplant most likely originated in India, China, Thailand, Burma, or somewhere else in Southeast Asia, though its genetic descendants may have come from Africa. Uh, yeah, the, the working theory is that this wild Solanum species from Africa and or the Middle East, uh, Solanum incanum, incanum? Oh, that is a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> you know it is. <laughs> Finite incantatum, Solanum incanum. <laughs> It's there. <laughs> I cannot argue. I mean, I cannot just... argue with your logic. <laughs> <laughs> just eggplants rain down <laughs> from the ceiling. <laughs> so delicious and magically cool. I, I, it would stop me. I would be confused. Oh yeah, you could totally yeah, get the jump on no. me that way. Yeah, and then I'd probably start picking up the eggplant and like stockpiling them. Sure, right? You know? They're delicious. They can be expensive. Come mm -hmm. on. Anyway, okay. Yes, and hard what, to find. Whatever this thing. <laughs> Whatever this thing was, it was uh, domesticated in ancient uh, India, Myanmar, and uh, China and became eggplant. Uh, and independent domestication may have happened later on in what's now the Philippines, but, but yes. Instead of food, most early documentation indicates it was mainly used medicinally. Ayurvedic texts dating back to 100 BCE describe some of the believed health benefits of eggplant. The first known written direct record of eggplant in Sanskrit literature took place in 3rd century CE, although a possible indirect reference might go back all the way to 300 BCE and as far back to 59 BCE, ancient Chinese literature possibly was referencing eggplant. Hmm. Centuries of domestication documented by the ancient Chinese increased the weight and size of eggplant and changed other traits like flesh and peel color, prickliness and flavor. Documents and botanical drawings follow the process from the 7th to the 19th centuries CE. It's like really useful and helpful. Yeah. Totally documented. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. rare. That 
Uh-huh. That, that prickliness is really interesting because uh, a lot of wild species still do get like a lot of prickles, um, especially on the plant, but but sometimes on the fruit itself. And so it's something that has been very specifically bred out of, of most domestic uh, eggplants. Exactly. Beginning around the 6th century CE, merchants transported eggplant for trade along the Silk Road to Africa, the Middle East, and further west into Europe. But some evidence dating back to the 2nd century CE indicates that the eggplant was not unknown outside of Asia, possibly carried by Alexander the Great. Records show it made it to Japan by the 8th century CE. Medieval Persian medical texts cautioned the use of eggplant, warning it could cause a huge host of negative outcomes from leprosy huh. to elephantitis to pimples to insomnia to blood thickening and blackening. However, Whoa. it wasn't all bad. I know this sounds a little, little risky, but it wasn't all bad with proper preparation, which I believed involved salting, salting eggplant. Um, they claimed it, that it could be beneficial. Oh. So sh- Shrug, shrug emoji. (laughs) Eggplant has been in a lot of art. One piece in particular that caught our eye dates back to the 1300s and depicts the believed aphrodisiac properties of the eggplant. And it it looks, I really enjoyed that painting. The eggplant looks quite, quite royal. (laughs) (laughs) Quite the sight to behold. During the 15th to 17th centuries, the Spanish brought the eggplant to South America, and it was recorded in Brazil by the middle of the 18th century. In 1544, herbalist Mascioli wrote of the eggplant's potential as an aphrodisiac, translating to those that eat love apples, uh, eggplants are receptive to flirting. So he basically said, if you eat these love apples, which were eggplant, you're going to be open to, uh, to possibilities in uh, the love y- realm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that most of this was uh, specifically about women. It was said that, like, if women eat these things, then they'll be more, right, receptive to flirtation. Right, exactly. Other countries in Europe where the eggplant did not grow so well viewed eggplant a lot more suspiciously. In 1597, English herbalist Gerard wrote, In Egypt and Barbary, they used to eat the fruit of mala and sana, boiled or roasted under ashes with oil, vinegar, and pepper, as people used to eat mushrooms. But I rather wish Englishmen to content themselves with the meat and sauce of our own country than with the fruit and sauce eaten with such peril. For doubtless, these apples have a mischievous quality. The use thereof is utterly to be forsaken. Therefore, it is better to esteem this plant and have him in the garden for your pleasure and the rareness thereof than of any virtue or good qualities yet known. So some racism there. Yeah, (laughs) just uh, just a little bit of xenophobia. That's, I mean... yeah. Fine. Thank, thanks. But I do like being something being called having a mischievous quality. <laughs> the eggplant. I can just imagine it like sitting in my fruit bowl. Like, oh, I have mischievous. <laughs> like like tw- twirling its little mustachio. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and mala insana. Yeah, that um that translates to like insanity apple or like madness apple. Right, yes. Some countries in Europe referred to eggplant as mad apples around this time, and they believed that eating them would possibly lead to insanity. And that's actually where we get that botanical name from. Um, uh, Melangina derives from the Italian name for the plant uh, melanzane, which derives from mala insana. So 
cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. P- people were were wary of things that reminded them of uh, of the poisonous members of the Nightshade family, which I think is a little bit fair. Sure. Um, but also see yeah. our see our tomatoes episode for so much more hilarity regarding all of that. Yes, and werewolves. If you need another reason to check it out, <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> If we look at art created post-Renaissance in Europe, the art suggests a rise in eggplant's popularity as determined by its more frequent depictions. I found an entire, I think it was 18 pages, 18-page paper just on the art with eggplant in it from this time period. Oh, that's so cool. I know. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, The eggplant, though, didn't make its way to the U.S. market until the 1900s. Currently. Uh, eggplant is one of the 29 key food crops being investigated by the Millennium Seed Bank and the Global Crop Diversity Trust for development of uh, climate change-hardy varieties. They're, they're doing this by checking out the genes and apparent traits of, of wild relatives of all of the crops in question and seeing whether like crossbreeding or genetics could help create cultivars that'll do well in these our changing climate conditions. Yes. The first, and, and it, but it, it took a while for eggplant to really receive this attention. Perhaps because in some cultures it's associated, it's it's like a, it's like a poor person's food kind of thing. Mm. So yeah, the 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 first reference genome for eggplant wasn't released until 2014, but they're they're working on it. And now, emoji news. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, y'all knew that or, we couldn't get through <laughs> an episode without talking about the eggplant emoji. We had to. Uh, And we're going to be pretty tame and mature, as we are known to be, in explaining this. But (laughs) No, no, really, we are. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, So if you have kids around and don't want them to hear about the eggplants emoji shenanigans, because there are a lot of them, here's your heads up. Heads up. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so for perhaps obvious reasons... The eggplant emoji <laughs> became synonymous with a penis and through that sex to the point that in 2015, Instagram banned, Instagram banned the eggplant emoji. Oof. I love this headline from First We Feast. Instagram banned the eggplant emoji hashtag because we're all children. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And also, hey, First We Feast, if you're looking for a minor podcaster to be on your not-at-all-minor show Hot Ones, I am so here and ready to embarrass myself. Oh, me too. Absolutely. 20,000%. Like, call us. We will totally embarrass ourselves regarding hot sauce and probably lots of other things. So (laughs) That's right. We can go as a pair. I like this. I like this. In the meantime, while we're waiting for that email or call, uh, yes, Instagram shut down hashtag Eggplant Friday for its not-so-PG-13 nature. And just to be clear, Instagram did not ban other emojis like the cleft peach, the syringe, the toilets. In our zeitgeist, especially here in the United States, the Eggplant's association with the penis has been so solidified culturally. Rather than using similarly shaped emojis like corn or bananas, people are using other takes on eggplant emoji, like hashtag eggplant parm. <laughs> yep. Children in need. delightful. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I guess like, like dirty minds, um, find a way. Like I, it's, 
<laughs> Indeed. Uh, I have appreciated the many uh, late night talk show jokes about it throughout the years. If you're looking, if you're curious, uh, the history of it, the eggplant emoji debuted in the U.S. in 2010, introduced by the Unicode Consortium and adopted a year later on iPhones. And very, very quickly, the eggplant became a sext. The reason it was adopted over other emojis is the source of many uh, thought-provoking papers, Uh essays. Yes, there's Plenty of ink has been spilled on the internet about this if you choose to go read it. (laughs) But if you don't, if you don't want to go down that particular rabbit hole, we got a TLDR. Um, Some studies around emoji use have found that around the world, Americans were definitely leading the way in the usage of the eggplant emoji. So some think that it's because culturally... We don't have that many associations with it. It's not super familiar, uh, not a super familiar thing here in the United States. Uh, yeah, especially not uh, compared with the uh, the the kind of short, squat Italian eggplant. And and I have, to be fair, even seen. Um, uh, okay, so so I was in I was in an izakaya once, like a Japanese pub, right? Um, and I ordered a dish of grilled eggplant and. It was one of the, the the longer, thinner eggplants, and it was definitely served in the most phallic way that I've ever had a dish served to me, to the point <laughs> that I'm not totally positive that, like, the waitstaff wasn't punking us at this point. Um <laughs> Because like, oh my goodness, like like the like the skin was kind of peeled back at one tip of it, and oh, uh, and there was def there was definitely um, like like two like round objects placed towards the other end. Um, and wow! Like like slices, uh, like 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 round like slices, and there was um you know you know the little like like bonito flake that um in in, in steam they kind of do the wavy wavy. Which is which right, is fun yeah. on dishes. Yeah, those were dotted around the base and the circular objects. So it sort of uh, looked like eat hair. So that's mm-hmm. so that's the thing that happened. That was <laughs> pretty brazen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't I my 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 Google foo um has not come up with any kind of official dish that is traditionally treated this way. But but also I think there's there's a different sense of humor around that kind of thing um, in in many segments of Japanese culture um, and and a lot more comfort with just being like oh man body parts are hilarious like that's that's great so anyway did it taste good uh you know I wouldn't order it again it was a little dry <laughs> hmm all right noted <laughs> noted uh but. But but yes, uh, we were talking about emoji. The uh, squatter kind of Italian uh, version of eggplant that that apparently is what is up on Android phones and probably doesn't make any sense to y'all Android users at all. But right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm an Android user, but I just, I've never, maybe I'll investigate after this. Oh, I'll say, okay. I've never... <laughs> felt the need to use the eggplant emoji. Uh, But I'll check into it. I'll just, I'll report back. Okay, well, some others have said that maybe the angle of the emoji or the shape or the color could be the reason why people 
just ran with this. Whatever the case, Eggplant Friday was introduced in December 2014, and only five months later, Instagram said no. They put their foot down, (laughs) and from that, we got the hashtag, free the eggplant. (laughs) And it's ongoing. It is. It's an ongoing debate and battle, yeah. Sure. I also learned through this that uh, eggplant penis is a medical condition. Yep. Yep. Uh, It has been suggested that those in the medical community are even more confused, perhaps, than Android users about why this is a (laughs) thing that people are using as shorthand for, like, sexy times, yeah? Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, eggplant, it it refers to um, a, a penile fracture meaning that uh, there's a tear in the tissue of the penis that can result in blood, like, pooling, and therefore, like, a purple discoloration. It's not not particularly sexy times, is what I'm no. saying. No. So. That does not sound like sexy times at all. N- no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we have to say about eggplant. <laughs> so good as good a place as any to end it. <laughs> Penile fractures. Yep, yep. You never know. You never know where the research is going to take you. Um, it's, it's true. true. It's true. Uh, but yeah, we we do we do have a little bit more for you. Uh, but first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) West Holm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. (laughs) I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. 
Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listeners. I was trying to do, like, I don't know the, I'm kind of new to the emoji world. I was trying to think of the emoji sound, but. <laughs> Is there an emoji sound? Do emojis. Sound? Do- <laughs> if an if a emoji <laughs> falls in the woods, but no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm, now I'm just picturing falling emoji in the woods and what that means for all of us. See? This was a really deep thought. We didn't know it was going to be deep. But here we are. Yeah. Or maybe it's because we've been inside for weeks. Could be that. Either <laughs> one. Either, either one. one. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yes. yes. Nikki wrote... I just finished your Medieval Times episode, and I'm so excited to have an excuse to write in. I've been a fan since the very first Food Stuff episode. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. My family and I were visiting Myrtle Beach in 2018 and took our daughter, then four, to Medieval Times. We even dressed her up like a princess. She was so excited to be going to a castle for dinner and a show. We got a flag for our team, and she cheered for our night and waved her flag enthusiastically the whole time. When the knight was riding around throwing roses into the crowd, I caught his eye. I swear he gave me a little nod. Then, no flower. I was annoyed. (laughs) However, (laughs) towards the end of the show, the knight and the queen announced that my daughter was to be crowned the queen of love and beauty. I will attach a picture below. And she did. It was super cute. It was pretty late, so my daughter looks a little out of it, but it was an unforgettable experience. Ever since, when people ask if she's a princess, she corrects them and says, no, I'm a queen. She still has her little gown, her little crown and scepter. Oh, that is so delightful. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am a queen. You get it, little girl. That's right. That's great. Get it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Address people by their proper titles. It, right. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. all we can do to just be polite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian wrote... Although you guys don't sound like pancake connoisseurs, thank you for doing an episode on one of my favorite foods. I'm in a lifelong pursuit of the perfect pancake, and I wanted to take this opportunity to share a few secrets I've picked up along the way. Be aware that this could change your life. Ooh. First, 
add a bit of baking soda to the mix. Yes, you heard that correctly. In addition to baking powder, add about a quarter teaspoon of soda. Second, add a dash of vinegar to the milk, then warm the milk in the microwave for about a minute before adding the other wet ingredients. These little tricks boost the bubble count and make mixing go easier. A final trick is to use olive oil as part of the wet ingredients. This will make the texture, for lack of a better term, more delicate. As with all pancake recipes, perfection requires some finesse in the stirring and griddling. However, this particular recipe will help ensure that your pancakes are fluffy. They will also be so tender that they almost fall off the fork. I considered hoarding this sacred knowledge, but I thought it was time to share my love of the only cake worthy of breakfast. Wishing you a happy pancake experience in your future. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that sharing the sacred oh, knowledge. Yes, that is delightful. Thank you. Yeah, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for me to give it another go and redeem my pancake history. <laughs> Hey, you've got you've got time on your hands as long. If you have flour in your house, then I think I now is a great time to attempt pancakes. Uh, maybe I'll document it. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yes, be scientific. <laughs> that has never gone wrong before with my lost <laughs> buttermilk biscuit video. Oh, <laughs> uh, get get your get your science goggles on. Get your get whatever form of lab coat you happen to have around. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, And before we close out, we did want to touch on, since obviously a lot of us are staying inside and these are uncertain times, several of you listeners have written in um, about what you're going through and thanking us for the show. So, yeah, thank you for listening. If any way we can provide Mm -hmm. any sort of relief or distraction, we're happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. And we did want to shout out um, our friend Julia Skinner, who we've had on the show and we've done a video with over at Root Kitchens, started a crowdsourced document of restaurants in Atlanta where you can buy gift cards. So if you're trying to think of ways that you can support local businesses, restaurants, um, farmers, there are a lot of ways other than, you know, buying stuff from the restaurants. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, the the document has a bunch of tabs where right, um, and it's it's totally crowdsourced. So people have just been putting in. I've put in a lot um, of yeah, just restaurants that are still doing uh, takeaway or that have uh, GoFundMe's for staff support or or yeah, where you can buy gift cards to use at a later time and date, just to give them a little bit of revenue while they are closed to the public. And yeah, there's been. I I really want to do an episode. I kind of didn't want to do it today because I wanted to have sort of a normal episode for A, us to concentrate on and B, for y'all to listen to um, and, you know, get get our minds off of things for just a minute. Uh, but but yeah, I would, I would really love to do an episode about all of the different ways that this is impacting our, our food world. Um, it's certainly impacting our show, not just because we're both talking into racks of clothes right now, um, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, like, like we, part of our show is, is travel and eating at restaurants. And I've been thinking so much um, about all of the beautiful, beautiful people who, have given us their time and their food over the past couple of years that we've been doing the travel and the interviews um, and just how they're doing and how their business is doing. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. Also, maybe episodes about like comfort food, because <laughs> that would be yes. nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Or like creative. I want to do some kind of <laughs> MacGyver. 
how do I use this weird ingredient? Let's find out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like what we found in our pantries and just be like, oh, all right, let's cook yes. with this today. <laughs> you know what I found? The durian ice cream I bought years ago. <gasps> oh, I'm, gosh. I'm too afraid to open it in my apartment, but maybe oh. I'll sit outside <laughs> and try some. <laughs> Oh man, I would feel really bad if uh, if you had to go through that by yourself. I mean, I'm sure it's delightful. I'm sure it's just fine. Slightly strange, as you know, far as like normal ice cream flavors go. But um, I'm sure no one would have made it if it wasn't kind of delicious. So I, I imagine it tastes good, but it comes shrink wrapped for the smell. That's what I'm concerned oh, about. Sure, yeah. Not the. I think it'll be fine tasting, but. Whew. I got a small apartment here. <laughs> if I like yeah. my whole building gets evacuated, I'm sure they would really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it maybe, was just maybe. my ice cream. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying yeah. to enjoy ice cream. <laughs> so yeah, there there's some. We've got some ideas rolling around, but we'll we'll be around and we'll be continuing to produce content, and we're thinking. Of all of you, and we're still yes wanting those suggestions, our emails. I know I posted a thing about what are you all cooking last night, and so many of you have emailed, and that's fantastic. So keep that stuff up. Um, yeah, yeah, please do. Yes, and if you would like to email us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SaverPod. We do hope to hear from you. And we, yes, we, we have been posting. Uh, Annie's really good at Instagram stories. I'm too old to understand how they work, but <laughs> but but you're great at that. Um, Thank you. And, <laughs> and uh, I've been putting up some links to to stuff like uh, like like Julia's spreadsheet and just other other useful information in these uncertain times. So yeah, check us out. We hope to hear from you. Thanks as always to our super producers, Andrew Howard and Dylan Fagan. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.
Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer.